Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. We are talking about dairy beef genetics again. Got a different take, different guest. Andrew Swanson is with us today. He's from Select Sires. So in addition to visiting extension.umn.edu, please check out Select Sires' website at selectsires.com and the Minnesota-specific website at mnss.coop. That's mnss.coop. Find us on Facebook as well. We're always posting, always trying to get you new information. You can find us at UMN Dairy and at UMN Beef. That's all I had. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. We are here today. We're back on genetics. We're talking about it again. We can't get away from it, but uh, we have another guest on to talk about genetics, and we're talking about dairy cross beef calves on dairies. Andrew Swanson is with us today from Select Sires. Uh, he's from Ivanhoe, Minnesota, which is in southwest Minnesota. Grew up on a cow-calf operation, beef operation, where he still farms with his parents. Andrew, just give us a quick rundown of what you do for Select and how Select can help people, specifically dairies for today, and we'll get to beef next week. Sure. Well, thanks for having me on today. My name is Andrew Swanson. My title would be Beef Business Manager for uh, Minnesota Select Sires. So we're a, a co-op that uh, covers the states of Minnesota and North Dakota. My primary job would be to uh, work with uh, beef producers, cow-calf enterprises, seed stock, and commercial, and uh, work with customers on reproduction and synchronization projects, as well as support our independent rec team and team of account managers. To touch on your other question, Select Sires can help producers in a variety of ways. A big team approach here at Minnesota Select Sires. So when it comes to uh, helping uh, beef or dairy customers, we've got various positions within the company. And we kind of take a team approach to uh, helping producers reach their goals. Perfect, perfect. Well, good. Let's let's get away from the, the company side of things. We're gonna we're gonna go right into some questions and ask you some things that, and especially you being a beef guy, the first question is gonna make you uncomfortable for sure because we need to know. It's the most your, important question too. So it, it, it is. It is. We need to, we need to know your favorite dairy breed. Even though you're a beef guy, you gotta pick one. I know you've probably bred some dairy cows in your day. Just what's your favorite? I guess when I started uh, with this company, I was an intern six or seven years ago. And after that, I, I started breeding uh, Holstein cows as a relief breeder. So I, to answer that question, I'd probably say Holstein. Um, yeah, I, little experience with Hojo's, but most of my experience would be with uh, Holstein. So that's, uh, that, that'd be my pick. Well, that is, that is unfortunate. That I wish Holsteins. our listeners could have seen the look on Joe's face. <laughs> When Andrew said Holstein, it was not a good look. Are we tied uh, now? Are we tied? Yeah, what's yeah. the tally? Yeah, the tally. The tally. We're keeping track of this, Andrew. It's <laughs> it's it's two for Jersey. I'll still say them first because that's Brad and I. And then there's two for Holstein, one for Dutch Belted, which is Emily. Yeah. One for Normandy. Who so, said Normandy? Glenda. Oh, that's right. So yes, we are tied. Jerseys and Holsteins are leading the pack, and and we'll see if anyone ever votes Dutch Belted. But we'll. See. I think Dutch Belted has a chance to make a big comeback. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Back to back to what we're here to talk about today. How are you involved on the dairies right now? When you are going to dairies, are you are you 
just trying to figure out where they can use beef in any way possible or, or what are people asking you to do? This time of the year, it's, you know, I'm, I'm all in on the, the beef on beef, you know, it's, it's breeding season for this time of the year. I will get, you know, this, this fall and into the winter, I'll be going on some uh, uh, different farms with uh, sales reps, mostly probably to talk about our beef embryo program. So to talk about the uh, differences between beef on dairy and beef embryos. And uh, we'll, we'll probably get into that a little bit later in this uh, discussion, but uh, that's probably going to be the, the main uh, reason that I'm on a dairy farm. So I don't, I don't think we should wait really, to be honest. Let's just, let's just jump yeah. into it. Are we Tell diving us about, right in? We're diving right in. Let's right. do it. Tell us about this embryo program that you guys have going. Awesome. You bet. Yep. Uh, it was about 18 months ago. We had uh, leaders in our company kind of in our conference room here. And we went around and we talked about the idea of selling beef embryos into dairies and what that could, could mean for our customers in terms of having a, a straight bred beef calf versus a, a beef on dairy crossbred calf. So we went around the room and, and just kind of talked about that. And there's a lot of uh, what ifs and, and uh, is this possible? And it's kind of been a, a, a big project we've been working on here for the last year and a half. We set out to try to uh, figure out if this could be, you know, a reality in uh, commercial dairies. So basically uh, what we did is uh, the summer of 2019, we did a, a fertility trial. That was kind of the, the first step is, are these cows going to get pregnant at a rate below, at, or above beef semen? So we did that on uh, uh, five different farms owned by four different owners throughout the state, uh, central Minnesota and southeast Minnesota. And we, what we did is we trained two of our uh, AI technicians that were really proficient in AI. We, we trained them to put in embryos. As we began this trial, we knew going into it that it was the first embryos that these two uh, members of our team, it was, it was going to be their uh, first embryos they've ever put in, right? We set out and, and, and we began to collect fertility data. We put in about 550 embryos, June, July, August, and September of 2019. And we were really uh, happy with what we learned. It, a little bit of a surprise to a lot of us, but on average, across the board, we had 6% better conception rate with our embryos side-by-side -side comparison to, at the same farms with beef semen and dairy cows. And that was about 550 embryos compared to 1,200, 1,300 straws of beef semen at the same farms. So really surprised and really satisfied with, with the results. Yeah, that, and especially when you're talking, you know, June, July, August, September, you know, hot months, you know, and we, and we usually see there to be a little bit of a, con, a conception bump with embryos. And while we're on fertility and, and reproduction, I mean, my concern is always how many of those cows lose those embryos, right? Because usually your abortion rates are a little higher as well. Did you guys look at that? Yep, for sure. So uh, th there'd be some old data that would suggest that th this isn't feasible, right? In this, this old data. Even 10 years ago, there's, there's, there's too many abortions. To that, I guess my response would be that this, this technology has really came a long ways since you'd see any published uh, data from universities out on abortion rates with uh, embryos. We do know that there will be a, a percentage of abortions, but it's not like 
what you'd find from research 10 years ago. Well, the question I have about the embryos, you know, I've, I've been reading about the embryos and, and have thought about that myself, but you know, why, why would a producer want to use an embryo program for their dairy cows versus just breeding the dairy cows to a beef bull? You know, what, what's in it for the producer to choose one method or the other? Kind of uh, one of the, one of the main uh, reasons that kind of led us to, to push down this path of, of straight bred beef embryos. We've seen the price of the uh, crossbred beef on dairy calf. We've seen the price of that calf decline, right? So that's, that's kind of been one of the, the main drivers in what's our why on why we're going to, you know, push this uh, beef embryo program. Supply and demand, right? More and more dairies are using beef semen. Uh, it's, it's becoming very common in the industry to use a, a percentage of beef within your dairy herd. What we're trying to do is really create a value-added product for the dairy industry, but also for the, the cattle feeding industry, right? If you compare what we're doing, it, it, it hasn't been done. There, there is no such thing as year-round beef-on-beef genetics all sired by the same bull. That doesn't exist right now. And we just think of the possibilities that can be added in the, the feedlot sector of this industry of what we can create. And, and really, you know, when we're working with dairymen, it's, we're trying to create some of that value or, or capture some of that value and, and pass it along to our customers. I, I really like that you guys are looking forward to farther down the chain, right? You know, a lot of times we're looking for pregnancies. We just want pregnancies and, and how we choose that bull or how we choose what semen is going into these dairy cows. Uh, there's not a lot of forethought and looking down further down the chain. So I really like that you guys are doing that. When I, my big concern is it has to cost more, right? It, it costs more than, than conventional beef semen and therefore each pregnancy costs more. Walk me through that. How does it pencil out? How, do, how much more do I need to have that calf be worth to make it all worth it? When we, uh, when we plugged in uh, uh, cost per pregnancy numbers after our trial last summer, on these farms, the actual numbers were 40% conception on embryos and 34% conception on beef semen across the board, a 6% fertility advantage. So when we plugged our numbers in, uh, in terms of transfer costs, cost of embryo versus semen, and we, we put those numbers into their conception rates, we figured it was gonna cost about $125 to make a pregnancy with embryos. Now, that, that's using our $55 retail price on our embryos. We were able to uh, secure that price uh, as the exclusive distributor of these embryos from a company called uh, Simvitro, which is uh, part of Simplot Animal Science. So we have partnered to make these embryos, and we are the exclusive distributors of the Simvitro embryos, and we're calling the embryos HerdFlex embryos. That's our product. That's what our product is called. And... Yes, we are adding cost uh, up front, but we think the, for sure the value can be seen on the back end. Probably common for a uh, beef on dairy cross calf to be worth $150 to $200 right now. If you'd look at sale reports in the spring for what, you know, baby calves, you know, 90 pound calves or 120 pound calves, beef calves that people are going to buy at a sale barn and, and draft onto a cow. I mean, you're seeing 350 or 400 bucks 
that would have been this spring pretty easily. Um, trying to establish a value for these uh, Herdflex straight bred uh, beef embryo calves, we think that with a, a dairyman's management system, right, we, we think that helps our case to add value on these calves. The fact that they're, they're vaccinated and uh, the calf health is A number one because they're doing it every single day of the year. We think that is all things that really help the, the health and, and help our, our cause in trying to create value for these calves, right? We've, we've got a lot of people interested in these calves, as long as we can get a, a group size enough where it, it, it makes sense to, you know, feed a pen of cattle. We had a producer here last week who had a, a three-month-old, 250-pound herd flex calf, and he sold it for, for 240 a pound, which would be 600 bucks a head for a two-and-a-half-month-old calf. So that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. I mean, that's kind of the, the, the value we're looking to capture. The other thing, we're, we're trying to challenge our customers that, you know, you, just because you've traditionally sold your calves, you know, within the first week of birth, you sold them as wet calves, maybe there's an opportunity that you can make some money to feed them just a little longer. You know, if you could feed them to two or three or four or 500 pounds, there's probably money to be made. So I, well, here's a question about we talk about calving ease, you know, that's, that's one of the big reasons uh, some farms that I know are, that are using beef genetics in their dairy herd. And, and we do at our own university herd, we're using uh, beef genetics on our dairy cows. And one thing is, is calving ease. That's the big thing that they're talking about. So is there any difference in, you know, calving ease or calving problems with a dairy cow having a beef embryo or just breeding it straight to beef? Yep. No, I, I would not expect there to be any, any more uh, calving problems with a straight bred beef animal. If, if anything, uh, if not the same, I would maybe expect less uh, from a, a calving yeast standpoint. I mean, we're, we're using Angus for the most part. I mean, we, we can make these embryos with different breeds, uh, but what we will have inventoried would be Angus sires, high terminal Angus sires, uh, crossed with commercial Angus, breed type Angus cows. Outside of calving ease, are there other traits you're really looking for in the bulls that are put into this embryo program or how, you know, how are those selections made? The, the main criteria for herd flex sires when they're being selected, calving ease would be one of the main criteria as well as the uh, dollar B index, which is the Angus Association's terminal, terminal index. Uh, so we're looking for a dollar B above 175 on that index and then a double digit calving ease as well. So you talked about breeds. So that's, that's, we always turn to breeds when we uh, go into this podcast and we talk about genetics. It's, it's, well, I don't think any of us can resist. And you mentioned Angus, you know, are, are the most exclusive one people are using or are there other ones or really can a producer, you know, if I wanted to make some Dutch belted embryos, could I do that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they'd be yeah, belted sure. Galloways if they were beef. <laughs> True. Sure. If you uh, if, if you want to make uh, embryos on uh, different breeds, we can do that for you. Uh, we, we'd need a little lead time to to get the embryos made and 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 back to you, of course. But yeah, sure. That's that's for sure something we could do. Well, the other question that that comes along with that, you know, we talk about. I'm most familiar with the beef on dairy crosses and. There's a lot of difference in male calves versus the female calves. So 
are we're, we're generating embryos, so I assume that they're you know they can be male and female, or are you know producers wanting those male animals more, or you know how do we how do you deal with with that uh, when calf raisers and feeders and all that don't really want the heifers from a, a beef animal? So at at this point, our Herdflex embryos are not going to be sexed. They're, you're going to have a chance of getting a, a bull calf or a heifer calf. That technology is available. It's going to add a somewhat substantial cost in order to to sex our embryos for the producer. And I don't I don't quite think at this point, with uh, what I've been told, the the added cost will be. I don't quite think that it it'll be as economically feasible for the producer, right? I, if it's going to add fifty or seventy-five or a hundred dollars per pregnancy, I mean that's the that's the margin that we're really looking to gain compared to the the beef on dairy cross. You know, we've talked in the past, and Angus, you're an Angus guy. Angus is where it's at. But can you say, you know, tell me what breed is best and why for when we pick a bull or pick a breed to use on a dairy? If I'm a dairyman, I don't know if I have an answer to that question, I would say that I'm going to use the breed of whatever is going to generate me the, the most income when, in terms of when my calves are born. So if, if you're a dairyman that sells wet calves, what does your calf buyer want? I mean, I, I think that's a, a, a good working relationship that needs to continue to, to grow. And hey, if, if, if I switch to this breed, would you pay me more for my calves? Or what, what can I do different that I can create more value out of these calves? So in terms of, of beef on dairy cross calves, I mean, there's, there's different breeds that people use for different reasons, but I think that the number one reason should be, you know, what, what your calf's going to be worth. Now, we've got producers that kind of the, the things that drive their decision, right? Our customers, the, the traits that drive our producers' decisions would be fertility, calving ease, and cost. Those are the three things that really matter first to, to dairymen. I think as we go forward, I think there would be more value put on uh, carcass traits as well. But yeah, at this point, I, that's really what's driving the, the dairy's decision. So you're avoiding saying a breed, which is kind of the answer that Brad and Emily and I came to before was, we don't know if there's a right choice right now. Now, there was some discussion about uh, in is a previous episode about choosing a bull and switching breeds and, and so that you have multiple different breeds on one dairy. Should, should I, should I just pick one breed and stick with it or what should I do? I would, uh, I would try a couple bulls. I, I, I'd be more bull specific than breed specific. I think we'd see more, uh, more variation in fertility on bulls than actual breeds. So I would try some bulls and find something that works and use that bull for as long as you possibly can. As long as your fertility is up, and your, uh, you know, your, your calf buyer is happy, I would continue to be consistent, right? And, and if you learn along the way that, you know, there's something not working with that bull, then yeah, you, you can switch. But I think it's better to be consistently bad than, than to be inconsistent. Good. I, I think consistency is the key. I really do. I mean, the guy on the, on the next step of the chain needs to know what he's getting and how he's going to use it. And it has to stay uniform and consistent. So I, right. I mean, we're, and, and, we're on and, the same page. And, and when we talk about like our, our HerdFlex embryo program that we've just launched, that's kind of the consistency is kind of the basis of, of what we're making, right? But 
half sibs available year-round, and there's straight beef. The commercial cow-calf industry, the feedlot industry, the dairy industry, no one has seen anything like that before. So it's, it's really cool what we're, what we're uh, starting the path down with the commercialization of straight-bred beef embryos in the dairy industry. And uh, oh, I guess we should ask as part of all this is like, how available is this program? I mean, is it something that you guys are off and running with? So you, you could you could offer it to a lot of dairies. Is there kind of contingencies on how you're, you're able to sign up dairies? So they have to buy a certain volume, things like that. So we have uh, we launched it in uh, a soft launch in March of this spring with big plans for a big event at the uh, Dairy Expo in Sioux Falls. Uh, of course, that was canceled, so we kind of rolled back, and now we're just just hitting it hard again to really start communicating what we can do and how we can help our producers with straight bred beef embryos. There's a lot of logistics involved working with embryos instead of semen, but they're all they're all logistical uh, things that can be solved, right? So one of the main ones is who's going to put the embryos in. That's something that we can we can train someone on your farm to do. So if really? you agree, really. To Yep. Yep. That's for cool. sure. That's really cool. For sure. So, uh, and either at a cost or if you sign a contract to buy a certain amount of embryos, we'll, we'll come train you for nothing. We'll, we'll train multiple people on your farm to put the embryos in. We don't have a preference if we put the embryos in or you put the embryos in, or if your vet puts them in, we don't have that preference. We just want to bring you the opportunity to put in these embryos at this price. So Brad, you should sign a contract so that we can get trained to put in embryos. I, I, that, yeah, I would love to uh, figure out how to put embryos in, definitely. But you, but 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 you all ha- only have Angus embryos, and I don't know. There's lots of other breeds out there besides just Angus. Brad wants to see Hereford. He's dancing around <laughs> it, but he wants yeah, some Hereford. He really wants some Hereford embryos. <laughs> we could find you some some F1 Baldy embryos. Yeah, those are at least bald, wonderful yeah. animals. What would you say, you know, if you are working with a dairy that's considering beef genetics, whether it's semen, whether it's embryos, what are the key things you would want them to be thinking about um, in making the right decision? You know, it's more than just making the sales, right? It's about how is this going to work into your management strategy? So sure. what are some things you would talk through with a dairy on? Yep. Yep. So I think the, the main three things that people look at would be that the fertility is, is very important. It, it costs a lot of money to lose a point of fertility along the line. And, and it makes a lot of money if you can gain a point of fertility along the line. So fertility is, is number one. You, whatever, if you're using semen or if you're using embryos, you've got to get fertility uh, to, to get your cow pregnant. Um, calving yeast would be important as well. We don't want problems with dystocia. Um, it affects the cow. It affects the calf. It's 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 a problem that can be avoided. So let's make a decision and just avoid it. And then and getting past that, I, I think it's good to look at carcass traits, ribeye, marbling. I let, let's look at something value added that that we can consistently use in our mating decisions. That's going to add value down the line. So in turn, that's going to really uh, really help our customers get more value for their calves if they continue to sell them as wet calves. And would you, I mean, as far as deciding which cows you're going to use to breed to beef or put embryos in, is there any thoughts you have on that? Or do you just kind of leave that up to the producer to select which cows are going to do that? 
No, so that's a huge strength within our select sires team. Uh, OGPs, Optimal Genetic Pathways. We have some uh, people on our staff that absolutely specialize in this. So it costs a lot of money to have a dairy heifer born on your farm and for you to raise that dairy heifer. It costs a lot more money than what that heifer is worth as a springer. So you do not need to raise any more heifers than you absolutely need to. Finding the right amount of sex semen or conventional semen, however you're making your heifers, that's it. That's all you need to use. You don't need to make more heifers than you need to. So we've got people on our team that can really plug in uh, to their OGP, into their uh, program, and help you decide how much or what percentage uh, of your herd should be bred to beef. But sometimes it always doesn't work because I used a bunch of sex semen and beef and now I've generated more heifers than I would have if I just used conventional semen. <laughs> yeah, so you got to get that I, dialed in. I, I got, we got a problem out in Morris. We're going to have way too many heifers now and I didn't use enough. I used 35% beef yeah, and still generated too many, still going to generate 60 more heifers than what I need. So, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to crank that crank that beef semen usage up. That's the real world. Just because it's a university herd doesn't mean that we experience the, you know, the same thing. Oh, it's definitely doesn't mean that it's it's optimal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what is the interest out there from dairy producers with using straight beef embryos? You know, are, are just a few of them thinking about it or is it just kind of a thought or where, where are we going and, and will it, will it um, amount to anything? Good, good question. So initially people are, think it's crazy. It, it, you know, there's a lot of reasons to initially say no. A lot of uh, preconceived notions. Embryos cost too much. It costs too much to put them in. I think these are all problems that we can solve. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised. When we present this idea, people are interested. People want to know if this is something that they can implement into their herd. Kind of the holdup is we need to convince people what these calves are worth and really start to capture the value for what these calves are worth because there's a lot of value that is going to be added into the cattle feeding industry with this concept as it gets implemented uh, and, and, and as it becomes more popular. So earlier this week, Horge Dairyman published an article about us, about Herdplex beef embryos. So I think as more media outlets pick up on the story, it's going to create some interest. Mm -hmm. uh, we have other select sires co-ops other than Minnesota and North Dakota, other co-ops uh, that have jumped on board and are going to begin distributing these embryos, training employees, training on-farm employees. So yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of buzz about it. And I think we're, we're really on the front end of a really big thing for the industry. It's good to hear. I know there's plenty of interest on the on the, the feeder side. Well, and there's there's a there's a lot of people that uh, from a feedlot sector that would love to buy these calves at 500 pounds. I've got a long list of people sitting on my desk. Now I don't have that long of a list of people that want to feed them as bottle calves. So exactly. there's probably an opportunity <laughs> if yeah. you're interested. Whoever is listening, if you want to feed baby calves and take them to 500 pounds. There's probably an opportunity where you could buy them and sell them and, and turn out all right on that deal. I think we got plenty of tape. Let's uh, let's wrap it there. Andrew will be back with us 
next week to talk beef genetics. So we'll be, we'll be, well, I hopefully he wants to come back after experiencing this today, but he'll be back with us next week uh, to talk beef genetics. Uh, as always, if you have scathing rebuttals, questions, comments, send them to the moose room at umn.edu. That's T H E M O O S R O O M at umn.edu. Perfect. And then please check us out at our website, extension.umn.edu. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. All right. Well, it appears Joe has <laughs> left us again. Oh. <laughs>